Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are FemRegard Podcast. Mmm. Fem. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. It took us 20 episodes. This is episode 20, but we're finally doing a polka. It's crazy that it takes this long to get to a thing that I feel like has become his, like one of his biggest calling cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so this is really an interesting one. So here's here's a little bit of the wiki description. Yankovic's very first polka medley. It appeared on N3D, obviously. This, along with Hot Rocks Polka, are Yankovic's only polka medleys to focus on popular rock songs from the 60s and 70s rather than contemporary songs. Although polka on 45 does include some of the latter, like Talking Heads and the Police. The song title is a take of the medley release novelty band Stars on 45. Uh, and their self-titled single. So let's, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this. And I think the only way to do this is to literally go song by song. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, it's also just, you know, we have the first of many polkas we're going to cover on on this. But I have to just at the start point out that this is one of those things about Al that like from a musical perspective... These polkas are absolutely insane. Yes. This is like the craziest. I I have talked to other um, like, you know, musician friends and stuff about Al. And it's a constant thing. Anytime like the polkas come up, people are like great songwriters. I know be like, you put a gun to my head and I couldn't do that. Yeah. It is so challenging the way that he stitches these things together, the way he creates these little transitions and turnarounds and segues and, the way that they they so smoothly flow from one song to the next is he makes it sound so easy. Yes, when he no, does for these, sure. and it is 
so not easy <laughs> to do. So I have a friend who will definitely be on a future episode of this podcast who is the lead singer and accordion player for a polka band. Mm. And I've been diving more into polka as I've been able to digitize uh, a lot of my grandfather's old cassette tapes, both of his band and just stuff that he would put on tape. And polka in its own right is a very underappreciated and difficult genre of music oh, to yeah. play well. Like Absolutely. it is, it, it's kind of like, you know, in any kid's cartoon from the nineties, it's like, oh, the nerdy kid loves like accordion and polka, but like it is truly a difficult instrument and genre of music to play. And then to take contemporary music, make it into a polka and also make it sound good good and then as you said to stitch and weave those melodies in a way that doesn't feel jarring yeah insane um yeah, it's so. it's crazy i like learning how to play this was another one of those um <laughs> when i did the marathon i was learning how to play all the songs a friend of mine suggested an idea that i loved but i didn't use which was that i should do all of his albums straight through but skip the polkas and then and do, do all it. of the polkas in a row at the end. And I was like, that might kill me. Yeah. No, that's insane. <laughs> because it, it, they are so difficult. There's so much going on. <laughs> Every one of those, like, I had to make notes for myself on how to keep up. And each polka, just one polka is pages of notes. Like I'm flying through it. on the, Like it is so complicated. There's so much happening. Yeah. I just, I can't say enough about the musicianship and talent that goes into making these. Because right. in a way, it almost feels like it's just they're straight covers in their own way. Like he's just playing the originals, so like that makes it easier. But man, this is so much harder than doing like the more straight parody that he does so often with these songs. And we'll get into the the cover aspect in a second. Yeah, I do want to just quickly ask out the gate, what's your opinion on this one? Obviously, it's our first polka, so it's just going in the number one slot for both of us yeah. for polkas. Uh, I mean. Personally, for me, I think it's a good one. It's not one that I revisit compared to certain other polkas, especially in the later albums. But yeah, how about you? Is this a is this a favorite of the polkas, or just kind of sort of in the middle somewhere? This is not my favorite, in large part because well, I think he gets I'm talking about how like difficult these are. I think he gets better at the polkas as he goes on, and I also, you know, all of the. I guess a lot of like the classic rock stuff that is in this polka is just not my favorite stuff. The other thing that's crazy about this, and, and I'll say this now as a lead into the conversation, because it starts off with the beer barrel polka. This has way more songs that were originally polkas in yes. it than most Al songs. There's yes. like three of them that pop up. Usually there is just the contemporary songs and nothing else. But yeah, it kicks off with the beer barrel polka and then very seamlessly blends right into the polka of Jocko Homo by Jocko Devo. Homo. Yep. Uh, which is a great start and also a little bit of an homage to what we can expect in the next year from Al. Yes. And you and I have talked at length about our love of Devo, but I mean, so good. the way he sings that opening verse, just so good. This song, if you don't know this Devo song, check this shit out because this song rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is also, again, we're just like, 
he he does change. I feel like in the later ones, and it's funny because I'm I'm you know like I think as we go on here, I correct myself. Sometimes you know what's the way it's it is in your head is not how it actually is. But in this one, he takes more liberties with the arrangement of the songs than he does yeah. later on. Like later on, he's really playing them closer to how they actually are. But in this one, you know, oh yeah, uh, this sounds. I mean, it's he's weird alifying all of these. Yeah, but this yeah. is not. I mean, if you played the original song by Devo and then played me this polka it you can't really find the same melody line anywhere yeah Yeah, exactly immediately like i said it goes into another old polka song the clarinet polka Mm -hmm. uh, which i believe is just like a public domain polka at this point uh but then that blends in to smoke on the water which is another it's a smooth transition for sure your thoughts on smoke on the water i feel like it's a very hotly contested classic rock song at this point. so just an interesting side note which i guess i never really appreciated before um the first time i saw al on the first vanity tour that was the cover that he did he closed the show it wasn't the last song he played he the last song he played was saga begins but he did a straight cover of smoke on the water oh that's right you did mention that which he had already touched on in this polka i had forgotten that at the time and i guess right up until now yeah. I mean, this is one of those songs that's like, I don't hate it, but I also, if I never heard it again in my life, I wouldn't miss it. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I mean, it's it's one of those, like, when I hear someone playing Smoke on the Water, I just picture the sound of, like, a child in Guitar Center yes. playing that riff. Exactly. I mean, I am not a proficient guitarist, but I can play Smoke on the Water. Just like, about anyone can. Which is, a, yeah. And it's not that it's not a great riff. It's just a very straightforward, it's, it's easy. It's a good, like, first, uh, baby's first guitar riff. Yeah. The next up is the only song I actually really do not know out of the context of this polka, which is Berlin's Sex Ima. Sex Ima. Do you, do you know this? Do you know this one? Do you I, have any? I, I do know it. This is a really interesting one because it's a real outlier on this record. It's without a doubt the least notable song he he does <laughs> in this in this uh, polka because almost all of them, as you sort of said at the beginning, almost all of these at the time of this polka are already somewhat established tracks. The Devo song I think is somewhat new at that point. Devo song somewhat new. Police is a little new and Talking Heads are a little new. Sure. And we'll get into the talk the Talking Heads one I think may have been a last second edition and right. I, and I'll explain that when we get there. But But yeah, this one is not um I would assume most people have not heard <laughs> okay. this song by Berlin. It's cool. Berlin's a cool band. I like a kind of darker new wave band of that time period. They did Take My Breath Away, right? That exactly. was their big hit. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. My favorite part of the entire polka is the next one which is the, hey, 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 Jude. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> exactly, make really... yeah. Hey, 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 Jude. Don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to letter into your heart. Then you can start to make it better, 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 better. It is, a, it is such a fun transition. It's my favorite transition in the polka. Probably my favorite overall th- polka-fied song in this polka, actually. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And he does only a very small amount of it. It's a quick single sort of refrain of Hey Jude. Yeah, no, the Hey, Hey, Hey Jude is great. <laughs> and that's, um, you know, like 
I feel like that also sort of teases some of the the future, like how clever he is to like stitch all this stuff together the way that he does. Is that's a really good for sure. Good and yeah. look, we're not going to get into our thoughts on the Beatles, but any thoughts on the original song "Hey Jude"? "Hey Jude" is another one that. I mean, it's great. I, the Beatles, I, I love the Beatles. The Hey Jude's a Same. great song. I would argue, maybe, depending on my mood, Hey Jude might be approaching Smoke on the Water territory <laughs> as it, a song that I enjoy, but maybe I don't need to, like, I'm not going to throw that on. I think that Hey Jude is in a very special realm for me where it's like, I could hear it one day and be so annoyed that it's on, like, the playlist yeah. that I'm listening to. And like another time, be completely moved by it as if I was hearing it for the first time. Like it, yeah. it's one of those songs that you, it when it hits you the right way. I've talked about it with like Freebird, that like I could listen to Freebird a million times and feel nothing. But like there is those occasional times where I hear it and I totally get why it's like the song that people jokingly shout out at a show because like yeah. when it hits you at the exact right point. <laughs> It's powerful. As Generally hell. speaking, songs like that are like that because they're great. They get played yeah. so much that when you know, like, you should be so lucky to have a song that gets overplayed because it's so yeah. good that people can't get enough of it. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't mind. Hey, Hey Jude is an objectively great song, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, it is definitely. It doesn't need to be seven minutes. The, the, it probably doesn't need to the, be seven minutes. The they four really, minutes of Nana Nas could fade out does, a lot sooner. He does really milk it at the end there, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, all right, and then that goes into L.A. Woman mm-hmm. by The Doors. L.A. Woman, you're my woman. Got my mojo rising. Mr. Mojo rising. Hey! Not a Doors fan in general, and L.A. Woman does not rank high among Doors songs that I like either, so this is kind of... I, one of my least favorite parts of the book. It's honestly. another funny thing of like him making the pick, and he only revisits the doors way later. Yes. Oh, we'll get into that. <laughs> oh yeah, I would say there's also some Beatles talk down the line as we as we continue as well. But yes, the doors uh, make a brief appearance in album two, and then come back with a vengeance significantly later. But I agree. I don't mind. I've it's been a really long and slow process for me to get on board with the doors. And I'm starting to get there, but this is still not my favorite. <laughs> An artist that definitely does not get revisited again by Al after this. Uh, <laughs> we hit Indigata Devita by Iron Butterfly, which I'm sure you, like me, Simpsons introduced the song into your life, correct? Of course. <laughs> of course. Hey! The Oregon the Garden of Eden by <laughs> I, Ron I, Butterfly. <laughs> this sounds like rock and, and or, or roll. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mars, remember we used to make out to this hymn? <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what. Exactly. I fucking love the original version of this song still. I I had a CD mix that had like the 17 minute version of this song, drum solo and all. And like, <laughs> yeah, all of the solos, they get tedious, but like, when this song rocks, it fucking rocks. And as a horror fan, the usage of this song in the movie Manhunter mm. is like iconic. It is yeah. unbelievable how well it works in that movie. That that part is cool. I would say this is not my favorite thing. And I remember I, I have you're a gonna vivid say memory. not my favorite Iron Butterfly song. Oh God, no, no, no. It's, uh, um I, I have I don't remember what this was. This probably was at the record store 
as well that I worked at, like where um, someone was like, "Oh, you got to have you heard the full version of Inagata Devita?" I was like, "No," and they're like, "Oh, put it on like the 17th. And I was like, "Man, this is a this is a chore." It's a chore. It's <laughs> look, you do not need all 17 minutes. Holy of it. cow! It goes. But... I, I just couldn't believe like it's just endless. It's but I'm... at the same time, like I do appreciate it for what it is in the sense of like you do have a song where there are some very talented musicians doing very talented things totally with their instrument did they each need a four minute solo to show (laughs) off their talents maybe not but i mean it's i i i think the song does work as maybe a five six minute song you consolidate some of those solos because you do need like you do need that little bit of a dip to build back into the return yeah. of the main riff, but I don't think you needed like a full 15-minute divergence to get no, there. No, certainly not. In the grand scheme, I mean, I am I guess I'm grateful that Al only inserted a small amount of it into this polka and didn't do a full <laughs> 20-minute polka. <laughs> yeah, a different, like, you know, his version, like another Saga Begins level, like, I'm just going to go go for it. Like, go, oh God. go all in. Yeah. Um, all right, and then... <laughs> We follow Indigata Davida leads right into Hey Joe. Hey Joe, where you going with that gun in your hand? Hey Joe, where you going with that gun in your hand? Gonna shoot my old lady. Around with another man. Al does some really goofy ways of singing some of the lyrics of this one. Yeah. Real chipper. Complete with the, the pistol sound effects. Yes. Yeah. Where you hey, going with Joe? that gun in your hand? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I also like the fact that it's Hey Jude and then Hey Joe very shortly after that. I almost am disappointed he didn't reprise the Hey, Hey, Hey Joe. <laughs> I, yeah, it was, it, it, I'm sure it crossed his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this song's uh, this song's another fine... Like I, I enjoy Jimi Hendrix music quite a bit, but yeah. Hey Joe, it's a fun one. Again, the weird stuff that you hear songs in the first time, I think of... Empire Records, when I think of Hey Joe, I think of oh, yeah. the character of Joe finding out that the money's missing. <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Now we hit Burning Down the House, Talking Heads.
Um, so whenever Al performed this live before the album was released, in place of burning down the house was Prince's 1999 and Bad Boys Get Spanked by the Pretenders. I'm not familiar with that Pretender song, but uh, this would, I'm assuming, without any other notes, I'm assuming this is the beginning of the long, long relationship <laughs> of Al desperately trying to do anything related to Prince and getting shut down every single time. Yeah, that's interesting. And that makes a lot of sense because we were saying before how like he changes the melodies, like the burning down the house section of this is so short. It's unbelievable. And and it and, is literally just that I'm an ordinary guy burning down, burning the, down house, the house, the end. Like, so he really could have put a number of things in there. Which, it, it also feels like a waste of a Talking Heads song because like, does, yeah. that song bounces into so many weird yeah. pieces. That That is a really good, I mean, talk, hot take, Talking Heads, really good band. <laughs> um, but No arguments here. But yeah, that like even the verses in that, dun, 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 Oh, it's dun, great. Dun, dun, it's dun, great. Dun, dun, dun. Like, and I, I wonder, I mean, he, polka is. it's <laughs> another good example of he, uh, you know, put it in this, but I guess felt like he still had something to say because Talking Heads also is a band that recurs in Al's, uh, um, oh, for sure. they pop up again later. I mean, not a strict parody, but a one of his more obvious style parodies. Oh, for sure, and we will yeah. get there soon on a Woo. on a very, as we've said, very underrated album, uh, an especially. underrated album, and a very special episode. That'll be. I can't wait. Ooh, to talk about I that can't one. wait for that. <laughs> uh, and then we get into "Hot Blood It" by Foreigner. <laughs> I'm hot-blooded, chicken and sea. Got a fever of 103. Come on, baby, do you do more than dance? I'm hot-blooded, hot-blooded. I have no evidence of this, but I'm pretty sure, I'm sure it's in a Simpsons episode. I'm sure that's probably how I heard this song for the first time. A lot of 70s rock songs I feel like I learned because of Homer Simpson flashback episodes. Yeah, this probably was in the Simpsons, hot-blooded. I actually really like, I think Foreigner is a, is an underrated band from that time period. They have a lot of really so good. good songs. They they are a there there's a lot of like that 70s rock that I just think is so good. Yeah, Farner a, a, a band that I know Sim, Homer Simpson has talked about. Uh oh, but yeah. like I I I put Farner right there with Grand Funk Railroad mm-hmm. as like one of those bands where it's just like they are so much better than like 2020s memory seems to be for that for a while i feel like everyone just chalked all of that up to like dad rock yeah like it all fell under that type of umbrella but now if you go back and listen to some of those records there's some great i mean honestly jackson brown which we were just talking about yeah uh, recently also fits that criteria um yeah it just just kind of gets written off really underrated for how great the songs are yeah totally then we go into another original polka like song from the past uh bubbles in the wine uh, which was Lauren Welk's long-standing theme song. It's fine. I mean, it, I have no connection to the song, and they no, keep it no, short. No, no, it is interesting, though, like you pointed out, I never actually put together how many references to other existing, polkas almost like it. polkas, or even like that. This particular section of it always made me think of, this almost sounds like a classical composition. Yeah just it's, dropped into the middle of this it's very weird and then we get into the police every breath you take every breath you take every move you make every bond you break every step you take i'll be watching you so we can say like police get 
two references in one album. That's true. Which is which is a rarity that doesn't happen too often. I think the police are pretty high on artists that he's done references to. Yeah. Because I can think of three off the top of my head. I actually think the only artist who's gotten more than that is R.E.M. Wow. Now, this is interesting. Okay. Because he does Losing My Religion in a sure. polka. He does Bang Blame in a different polka. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Bang Blame. Yeah. Frank's 2000-inch TV is an R.E.M. parody. And then Spam. And then Spam. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I'm I'm missing a police one. What's the other? What's the third police? Velvet Elvis has to be a police. Oh, Velvet Elvis is definitely. Oh, and then, of course. And then Chaos Wade. (laughs) Which is what we were actually talking about. I forgot about Velvet Elvis. No, that is definitely, um, (laughs) that's definitely police style. Wow. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like. Does REM have the most credit? Wow. I think I think they do. I mean, I don't think there's been any artists since I did this, but like maybe 10 years ago I sat down and was like, I want to find out who the artist is that he has done the most homages to. And it was REM with four. And I don't think like if that was in like 2010, I don't think any of his new albums have had giant references to artists that he's covered multiple times in the past. So I'm pretty sure that that is yeah, I think you're probably right. Wow, that's but, so interesting. But yeah, every breath you take, it's I I like that song. Uh, I mean, you, there's a million and one things about why it's creepy. <laughs> I think Sting is very open that it's supposed to be creepy. So like, yeah. Yeah. you know, the people were getting married to it. There, it's not people misreading the lyrics to to ruin your wedding song. You didn't pay attention to the lyrics. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. what I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the police in other episodes for obvious reasons, but. I mean, what are your thoughts on the police? You know, the band, not the actual uh, department of (laughs) individuals. I have mixed feelings about the police because there are songs of theirs that I really like, Um, and then there's. I think they're one of those groups that when they're good, they're great. Yeah, but but the when they're bad, it's it's kind of rough. I I hesitate to say this, but I think I'm going to. I've just decided I'm going to. I think the police are overall a little overrated. I think that's fair. Do you have a favorite police song? Do I have a favorite police song? Um, I was just going to say Man in a Suitcase, which is hilarious because it's just a ska song. Yeah, um, so, of course, the, I like that. Everything She Does Is Magic, I think, is a beautiful song. That's a great song. Every Little Thing is great. Uh, and Message in a Bottle, as like huge as that is, I think that's also a great song. Yeah. I saw the police. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I saw the police when they did their like reunion tour a few years back. I was pretty disappointed i thought they were not that good that's upsetting and i was annoyed because the opener for that particular show was elvis costello and he was so much better i saw that show (laughs) at the pnc bank art center in new jersey and i was up on the lawn which is just general admission and elvis costello was just crushing and i was standing up watching the show trying to enjoy him and all of these old people behind me were yelling at me to sit down (laughs) <laughs> because I was blocking their view. They didn't want to stand up for Elvis Costello. And I got <laughs> so mad. But then I sat down. And then Sting came out to sing Allison mm-hmm. with Elvis Costello. And then everyone stood up. And I was like, I hate you people. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I think they're fine. I don't. Um... I mean, shout out to Stuart Copeland for just being a, a very, I think, still to this day, underrated drummer. Stuart Copeland's great. I actually think all of the musicians in The Police are really good. I think Sting is an amazing bass player. And yeah. Andy Summer, the guitarist, is super underrated. Like, yes. he's got really interesting stuff in that band. Like Least least notable name of the three members, for yes, sure. Yes, like, for people. sure. It's uh, one of those odd groups where I feel like the sum is not greater than the 
individual parts, like them <laughs> yeah. all coming together. It actually reminds me, I was going to say, I feel the same way about like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right, like everyone in that band is awesome, and then they come together and they're like, "Huh, okay." So, so only because you mentioned them, I literally just the other day uh, went went for a walk and was like, "What do I want to listen to on the walk?" And I was like, "I haven't listened to One Hot Minute by Red Hot Chili Peppers in a really long time." Uh-huh. And I know that that album was like considered one of the biggest flops of the '90s. Yes, but honestly, I know they had their creative differences. Dave Navarro brought such an interesting energy to that band on that record. He did. There's some interesting moments on that record. And I should say, there's a, like The Police, there are Red Hot Chili Peppers songs that I really like. And they were a huge band. I was a young kid. As a bass player, you're going to have a Red Hot Chili Peppers phase. There's just no way you oh, won't. Oh, yeah. I mean, Flea is... It's like having a Primus phase. They're amazing musicians in that band. And that's just... That's kind of what I think is interesting. And I feel like sort of the same way about The Police. It's like these incredible people who come together and make like fine music. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of those bands where the weakest link is their singer in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Like like if Red Hot Chili Peppers just put out an instrumental album, it would be like one of the greatest records ever Those three dudes as a band, like a (laughs) three-piece band, are incredible. Yeah. Incredible musicians. And and kind of proven by the fact that like any time that they've tried to do something without their guitarist, John. For Shante, yeah. It's just, they can't. They can't find someone that can gel yeah, with Chad and Flea on that level. Yeah, that's why they keep bringing him. He's like quit and rejoin the band so many times. I think he's on his fourth run with them I or think something it might like be. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then we go from the police into Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash. Darling, you got This is the song I'm going to give. I've decided I'm going to give an award on every polka for song that works insanely well on an accordion that shouldn't. And uh, congratulations, Clash. You have gotten that award on this polka. Uh, Hearing the accordion on the Should I Stay or Should I Go melody in the background shouldn't work, but it sounds it's glorious. Awesome. It's glorious. It's, it yeah. sounds so good. Jumping into another band that I uh, controversially don't like that much, mm. uh, the Rolling Stones' Jumpin' Jack Flash. I'm slowly becoming a Stones fan. I'm slowly getting into... Now I'm excited to do the Hot Rocks polka. Yeah, well, so... <laughs> On the Before My Time podcast, Rolling Stones is Gelsey uh, Laurie's favorite band, so uh-huh. she may have to be the guest for the Hot Rocks. I would polka. love, yeah, let's do it, absolutely. But she, for the uh, 50-year anniversary of Exile on Main Street, she had me listen to that, and we, we discussed it, and it's a great record. That was the album that got me into the Stones. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I've learned with the Stones is that you really almost have to shut your brain off to the singles, and yeah. almost the opposite of what I said earlier about, like, Bob Marley and and Tom Petty is like <laughs> if you're only listening to the singles of the Stones you're actually really missing the big picture yeah and like diving into those deeper tracks currently uh my favorite Stones album is Goathead Soup Goathead uh, Soup I really I really like that album uh yeah hundred day hundred years is my favorite song by them that I've discovered That's in this year song. of yeah, diving yeah. in but uh yeah Jumpin' Jack Flash it's fine it, it's like it's kind it's of fine. one. Of, 
it the Stones have so many songs that just kind of feel like they've always existed that I forget that like at some point they were a new song. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. They also have that weird thing of like I'm you know being young. I remember people being like, oh, it's like everyone has like the Beatles or the Stones. It's like which it doesn't type make of a rock? sense. It's that not even make a f- any sense. No, it, it, if you were going first of all, it's apples to oranges. If you had to do that battle, it really needed to be the Beatles versus the Beach Boys. Like those were like that makes more sense as a comparison. It, yeah, so much more sense. All right, and then we end. He always has his big ending song, "My Generation," the Who. People try to put us down. Love the Who for what they are. My generation, though, is like a prime example of of proto punk to me. Like this is like punk before punk music, so it completely makes sense that Al is ending ending with my generation. Uh, my first exposure to this song was Green Day covering it on Kerplunk. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so. I always think of it as a punk song because of that, but yeah, this song rules. I would just as a quick like ret- pitch to this because I feel like people don't nowadays. Everyone like when people think of the Who, they think of Baba O'Reilly and that yes. like their later period hits, which were huge and they're they're great. But the early Who records are so raw. Oh, that and garage, so aggro garage, yeah. like this like British invasion stuff, man. They are nasty on those records. It took me a long time to get that on this song, the stuttering is to make you think that he's about to say fuck in yes. this song. Yeah, all the weird and those. I, man, I love that so much. And Al does do the stutter on on one yes, of the, he does. the lines <laughs> in this, but it's such a random. I always think a moment like that in a song, the idea of someone in the studio like first trying that, and then looking around like, what do you think? Is that a, is that cool or is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that that is like you're like, taking a big swing. Oh, like it's, you it's have a to know in that moment. To do. Yeah, you're yeah. like either people are gonna fucking love this or they're gonna think it's the dumbest thing and exactly. turn turn the song yeah. off. Yeah. And then something worth noting, I'll probably end up mentioning this on every polka that we do because who knows? Every episode could be someone's first episode, mm-hmm. but it does end on the ear booker polka, which is not a real song. Uh, the Ear Booker Polka is a song created by Al for all the polka medleys for the time when they are not playing another band's song. Uh, and it is used for how the music gets paid out. So like during the five seconds that he sings Burning Down the House, he has to pay money to the Talking Heads. But for the two seconds in between those that and like, hey, Joe and hot blooded he he can write off those as not part of a cover because it's part of the ear booker polka which says a lot about how expensive these polkas probably drive up the overall cost of making this album for buying the royalties for these songs basically per second sort of well so it's interesting to know because i don't i don't think i could be wrong i don't know exactly how this would work for him but generally speaking for these sorts of things okay so as quickly as we can get into it, like generally if you do a cover of a song as an artist and you just like, I'm going to sing this person's song. I'm going to sing the lyrics the way they did them and the melody, the way that they did them. You can do that always. As long as you give all of the revenue from that track to the original artist, right? Mm-hmm. No one can stop you from doing a cover. Al could have done 
a million Prince straight covers if he wanted to and gave Prince 100% of the money, and then that's that. Yeah. In this context, where he's doing all of these covers stitched together, I don't think he would have to pay money in advance, but he has to divvy up the royalties in a way that everyone has to agree to. So that's a weird thing to do. That's like you have to approach all of these artists and be like, I am doing a song that features 10 seconds of your song. How do you feel about 8% of the money that this song earns goes to you? And they have to agree to it because if you're not doing a straight cover, then it's actually something of a negotiation. And that explains how I will get into this as we go down the line. And we even talked about Prince uh, on this one. Yeah. He does have to get permission from all of these people for some version of an interpolation and them getting a fraction of what they would get for a typical cover song. And the earbook or polka thing makes a lot of sense because that's him basically giving himself some credit for all of the work that he did to put this together in the first place. Otherwise, it would be as if Al got nothing for composing this when, you know, despite the fact that they're covers, he clearly composed a ton in making this track. No, he has to make it worth something (laughs) to him. All right. Well, I mean, that is our first polka. We, We got through it. Uh, in shorter amount of time than I thought we would, honestly. <laughs> but... Yeah, it was not too bad. I mean, I uh, again, well, so we said already, this is by default, this is number one. This is the best polka so far. It's definitely <laughs> not my favorite overall. I know that there's going to be some in the 90s that really are, are undeniable bangers. I'm trying to remember. I wonder if this will hang on. For, for Dare to be Stupid. I can't remember what's on the Dare to be Stupid polka, so that'll be an exciting I, experience for me. <laughs> yeah, I think that we will probably change. I, I, I love... Well, I... I, I mean, Dare uh, to be wanna... Stupid is, is, at this time in my memory banks, like top two albums for me by Al. Who Dare knows, be... though? I could yeah. re-listen to it and be like, oh, there's a lot more filler on this than I remember. <laughs> like, so... Yeah. That's the fun of this show, man. You never it, know. God, this is such a fun show we have. Yeah. So we have finished side A, if you were listening to to in 3D on a on a vinyl. So Ooh, tune in yes. next week. Tune in next week when we flip that bad boy over and start side B. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 